our praise. Let me tell you, he's not just worthy of our praise when everything's going right, but he's worthy of our praise even when we're down in the valley. They just sang a song about it right before, that our God is awesome. Can I tell you today that you serve a God that is able to meet your needs? You serve a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that which you ask. We're not just talking about some mere mortal man, but we're talking about God himself, the creator of this world that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly that which you ask or could ever need. Amen. He's holy, church, and he desires and inhabits the praises of his day. The Lord doesn't need our praises because he's got angels all around him that is continually praising him. But yet the word says that he inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. Because we can worship him in a way that they cannot. Because we can sing of that old redemption story. We can sing and praise him in a way that the angels came. Because we were once dead. But now we have been made alive. Can I tell you today, if you're saved, it was because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Therein is the righteousness of God. And it has been given unto us by simple faith in what he has done for you and for me. Amen. He's holy, church. He's holy. Father, we worship you this morning. Lord, we honor you and we praise you, Lord. Father, not just for what you have done for us, Lord, but, Father, for who you are, Lord. Lord, you are our righteousness. Lord, you are our sanctification. Lord, you are still our healer. Lord, you are still our provider. Lord, you are still our peace. Lord, you are still our shepherd, Lord. And Father, I pray today, Lord, that you move and shake the foundations of this house, Lord. Shake the foundations of every heart that is here in this sanctuary. Shake the foundations of everyone that is watching by the way of internet, Lord. Let your spirit move and have your way today, Father. And Lord, in your name we pray and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man, aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? So thankful for these anointed musicians and singers that the Lord has us with that carries us into the presence of God each and every single week. Amen. Consequently, today, and I'll just say this and move on before we get into the message. Today is Pastor Appreciation Day, and we ourselves did not throw this for us uh, because if it was left up to us, we would uh, not even be recognized or be a part of this. That's just the way that we are. But nevertheless, we are thankful for what you guys have already done uh, and your appreciation that you have shown unto us, not just today, uh, but week in and week out that happens. Uh, I am humbled and amazed at what the Lord has done, not only in my life, but what I have seen him doing in this house and in and amongst uh, his people. Uh, I should never have been up here. And I often wonder and question, and it still amazes me, of, Lord, how is it all possible? Why did you ever call me? But I don't know why. He chooses who he chooses, amen. And uh, it is a privilege and an honor, though, to be able to stand uh, behind this pulpit at any at all times. It's a privilege and an honor just to be able to speak the gospel, not even in the church, but to anybody, amen, knowing that I was once a sinner but have now been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I just want to say this, that we should never lose that servant's heart. We should never lose that servant's heart. I was telling Charlotte as she was up here painting in the nursery Friday and I was working, and I just, honestly, I would have never chosen this. And, in fact, I remember serving the Lord, and, and especially after getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
consequently six years ago this month on October the 19th, and that overwhelming desire to want to work for the Lord. And I remember going to the pastor of the church that we were attending at that time and saying, can I just clean the church? I'll clean the toilets. That was exactly what I wanted to do because I was raised up and my mama had me cleaning a week in and a week out. So I was a pro at scrubbing the brush around the toilet bowl. And that's all that I wanted to do. And, uh, and, and, and I still do it now, amen. And, uh, but yet the Lord had other plans for me, amen. And I am thankful that he has called us here for such a time as this. And I also want to give thanks to Pastor Jason and Pastor Summer, who I know are watching. But not just because they're watching, but I am thankful to them always. And I tell them that it bears repeating because uh, I know the Lord took us down there. And at that time at the church that we were attending for a few months before we left, I felt a pull to go down there. Didn't know anybody down there, didn't know Jason, didn't know Summer, didn't even know their last names. But yet I felt a pull of the Holy Spirit to go down there. And the rest is history, amen. And so I'm thankful for them and the privilege and the opportunity to be able to work alongside with them for the kingdom of God, amen. As they say, it's one body, just two different locations. We're all striving for the same thing, and that's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to see a harvest of souls to come in, amen. It's not about me. He would say it's not about him, but it's all about Jesus Christ, amen. And so, again, we are just thankful. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Acts chapter 16 with verse 25. And with that being said, I was not supposed to be up here behind the pulpit because uh, Pastor Jason, it was supposed to have been a surprise, was supposed to have been here today uh, preaching. And I came down here on Monday and was working on the message for Wednesday night. And I thought I was going to have a uh, somewhat of an easier week than normal because it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. And the Lord just began to lay a passage of scripture upon my heart. And I was in here and I was telling David this morning that I was in here and had worked a couple of hours on it. The Lord was just pouring into me. And I came in here and I was praying. And I tell you, I was having church all by myself. Amen. And if you've ever pressed in like that, when you're praying, you'll find yourself literally preaching the word of God while you are praying. Amen. And I remember telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, how am I supposed to contain this which you have poured into me this day for two whole weeks? Because I feel like I am about to bust now. I was in here giving Charlotte a prelude of it on Friday. And we had church already by ourselves uh, for an hour before back there in the nursery and stuff. And uh, I've just, Lord, how are you going to do this? But I left it in his hands. And I said, Lord, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I went home that day and I told Stacy, I said, the Lord has just given me a word. And told her the same thing that I just told you. And, and I said, but I would not be shocked if I don't end up having to preach this Sunday. And then Tuesday evening, Stacy received a phone call from Jan. And unfortunately, they were not able to be here today. And I didn't get upset. And I was like, hot dog. I knew it. Lord, you worked it out. <laughs> Lord, you worked it out, you know. And not because I'm upset because they weren't here. I was looking forward to hearing Pastor Jason preach. Uh, but nevertheless, he put this word on my heart because he knew who was going to be here. Amen. And I just thankful that I have the opportunity to preach it and I pray with that being said those here and those watching that you will prepare your heart because I believe with all of my heart the Lord has given this to me and it will minister to each and every single one of us today amen so if you're there in Acts 16 say amen amen, amen. and the word of the Lord says and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword 
and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in, and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, and your house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all of his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And I want to preach to you a message this morning of what I truly believe the Lord has laid upon my heart. Prison, praise, and provision. Prison, praise, and provision. Bow your heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you today. Trembling, Lord, as this man spoke about, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus. And Lord, we are thankful, again, to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, we recognize, Lord, that your presence is here, Lord, and for that, Lord, we stand in awe to know that you would commune with us, but Lord, we are quick to give you the praise because we know it was through your great wisdom of sending forth your Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to pay the sin debt, Lord, that we can never pay, Lord. And by your blood, Lord, we stand here today, born again and saved. Father, we're asking, Lord, that you would take this, Lord, which I believe that you have birthed into my heart, Lord. Lord, I pray that, God, it would come forth in the manner, Lord, and in the deliverance, Lord, that you would have it to be brought forth. Lord, we hide behind your finished work today, and we ask for the true preacher and the true teacher, Lord, to come today and to anoint us, Lord, for such a time as this, Lord, to give to us, Lord, that which you would have us to hear. Lord, we're asking, Lord, that you would anoint every person, Lord, that is here in this house, Lord. Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Lord, that they would receive the word, Lord God, that you have for them. Lord, that every thought, Lord God, and every concern and then every care, Lord, that would be upon them today, Lord, would be laid aside. And for this moment, Lord, we would give our attention unto your word, Lord, that for this moment, Lord, we would allow you, Lord, to shake the foundations of our heart, Lord, and that, God, you would move mightily in this place, Lord, that you would save the lost, Lord, that you would set free those that are bound, Lord, that you would touch each and every one of us today. Day, Lord. Father, we'll be quick to give you the praise for it all. And Lord, we ask you it all, Lord, in the mighty name of your son Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The book of Acts is one of my favorite books in the entirety of the Word of God. And I know that I say that usually as a prelude to uh, the messages that I preach and out of the books that they come through. But I just love all of the Bible. Amen. I love the Word of God and love to study. But I love the book of Acts because within it, and we know it was written by Luke, you will find the supernatural power of God being manifested through God's people. You will find in this book how God took ordinary men and ordinary women just like you and I and he did extraordinary things through them. Let me tell you something. You need to understand today that those people that you read about in the word of God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there was nothing anything special and great about them, but they were 
any women like you and I. But God saved them and he took them and he done extraordinary things. And can I tell you today that he is still doing extraordinary things through his people that love him and that want him. God is still on the move today. Amen. So there was nothing, again, special about them. They were marred and flawed creatures who had been gloriously saved by the power of God and were in love with Jesus. That is the prerequisite to be used by the Lord, to be saved and to love him with all of your heart. Amen. And let me just say, though, that the book of Acts is still real. And all of the other epistles that Paul written, and he didn't write this for you, amen at the end of them but at the end of the book of Acts you do not find the word amen as the meaning it's closed out and the reason why is because the book of Acts is still going on today amen you see I still believe in the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit amen I still believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence and speaking in other tongues I still believe in divine healing I still believe in miracles I still believe believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I still believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that many people would love to say and do say that it's over and all of that ended with the first church. But let me tell you, He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What He did then, He is still doing today and He desires to do even greater. He is again just looking for a people that will believe Him and stand upon his word amen. amen you will never be a part of the majority as a majority of the world does not believe in the bible itself and much less that the book of acts is this but i'm telling you today it's still real it's still real i've experienced it and it's still real amen, amen. so we should read this and we should see a pattern of the acts of god in our churches today what we read here, the history of the first churches, what you are literally reading here, we should see that same pattern existing in our churches today. And when I read it and when you read it and when you hear passages of Scripture being preached about, it should cause a stirring to take place in your heart for the same things that took place then to take place right now. Amen? Amen. On the inaugural day of Pentecost, Peter, the very one who 50 days had denied Christ three times yet he stood up being freshly anointed by the Holy Spirit and he preached the first inaugural message and 3,000 came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ can I tell you today that he did it before and it's not just that he can but my God he's going to do it again you better mark it down. It's going to happen. I know that many people think that we're going out of here doom and gloom, but he's coming back for a glorious church, church. He's coming back for a church that is without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish, that he is desiring to pour out his spirit and work mightily through so that the harvest can come in. Amen. You see, the problem is with most, though, that we want the acts of God, but we don't want God. 
You see, you can't have his power without first receiving him. And to receive him is to receive Christ and his finished work. Amen. To receive what Christ did and say that truly it is all that was needed and that it has been completed, that it has been finished, and that everything you and I stand in need of today flows through what he did at Calvary's cross. Amen. You see, but before you can have the book of Acts experience, and I learned this one time from Pastor Summer as she was teaching on a Wednesday night, you've got to have the Matthew and the Mark and the Luke and the John. Because before you get to Acts, you've got to have the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't have the outpouring of his Holy Spirit without first having the Lamb. Amen? You've got to first have the blood in order for God to manifest his great power in and through your life. Amen? You see, many in the church, they want the miracles and the healings. But the preaching of his word always holds precedence over any and everything else. His word, if you read through the Gospels, you will see he gave his disciples power. But the power that he gave him, the first thing that he told him to do was to go and preach the Gospel. And then he gave them power to cast out demon spirits. And then gave them power to heal the sick. But that never took precedence over the word of God. Because you can be healed, you can have all of the miracles that you want. But if you are not saved, if you are not born again, you will not have eternal life. Amen. You can't have the acts of God without first having Jesus Christ. And so the word holds precedence more than any and everything else. And God help us when we get to the day, when we are in that day and time where the church as a whole no longer stands on the word, no longer preaches the word, no longer even believes in the word, and yet we're running around here trying to concoct up schemes and agendas to cause some emotional happening, and yet people are leaving week in and week out, and no lives are being changed. But I've said it one time, and I'll say it a thousand times, preach the word, because within it is the power of Almighty God. Amen. All you have to do is preach this and allow the Holy Spirit to take it to the hearts and lives of the people. Amen. So within the book of Acts, so you will also find a common theme amongst the men and women who God used. And that common theme is how the Holy Spirit had complete control over their lives. You will see a yieldedness to the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit would send them everywhere they went. I believe it was Ananias who the Lord quickened his spirit after Paul had that experience on the road to Damascus and the moment he called his name, he said, yes, Lord, here am I. See, that's the way that I want to be when he speaks my name, just a mention of his name, Lord, here am I. What would you have me to do? Amen. You see, they were sensitive to the voice of the Lord because they lived lives that were immersed in prayer. They lived lives that were immersed in praise because prayer and praise kept their focus on Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today that prayer and praise is what keeps your focus on Jesus Christ? You cannot live a life without prayer and you cannot a life without worship and praise and think that your mind is going to be stayed on the Lord. You want to know how I can get up in the morning and say thank you Jesus for another day of life? You know how I can lay there in bed at night and the tears roll down my face because I've been praying. I've been along with the Lord. I've been praising the Lord. 
He wants to manifest himself to each and to every one of us. Amen. But they kept their focus on him and more importantly what he had done. And it released the power of God to be able to work in their lives. Because without Jesus, let me tell you, nothing is going to be done. Without Jesus, nothing can be done. He must be the center of it all. And that's why we sing about him being the center of it all. And can I tell you today that we don't just praise him for what he's done, but we praise him for the fact of who he is. Amen? Because he's worthy. Amen? In this chapter, we find Paul thinking that he was going to go and he was going to establish churches throughout the cities and every time that he thought that he was going to set up somewhere and begin to preach you will find how the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to him and direct him that that was not the direction in which he would go I'm talking about sensitivity there and there he would move on and he thought well we'll go here and each and every single time though the Lord was letting him know no that's not right it's not the right time and it wasn't until it came in the middle of the night a vision of a man there that pleaded Come and help us. And immediately Paul, having the mind of the Lord, went and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today that the cry of the world is come and help us. Exactly the same way that this man looked, stood there before Paul with that vision and said, come and help us. That is the cry of every drug addict in the world. Come and help me. That is the cry of every alcohol come and help me that is the cry of every homosexual come and help me that is the cry of every person that is affiliated with sin come and help me and let me tell you today church we've got the remedy and he has given us the marching orders to go and to help them they don't need our opinions they don't need our ideology what they need is the same thing that you received and it was the word of God it was the blood of Jesus Christ amen we were having a conversation, Zach and Crystal and I coming down the road, knowing like they're talking about others that we knew and knowing that they need this gospel because we that have been saved have experienced the power of God and we know that it was nothing short of a miracle. My God, am I talking to anybody that has some bondages in their life? Am I talking to anybody that was bound by sin? You were bound by sin, and you tried to get rid of it all. But the only thing that worked is the only thing that worked, and that was when you got down on your knees, and you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, and the power of God came in and freed you from every sin in your life. Amen? You see, we find Paul goes into Macedonia. And more specifically, Philippi. And there was a woman by the name of Lydia who happened to be near. And there we see Paul yet again going to prayer by the riverside. And Lydia uh, was drawn to what they were talking about. And, and she worshipped God, but yet still had not heard the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and she was near to Paul and began to listen in on what he was saying. And the Bible says it, and I love it, that he opened up her heart. See, that's exactly what happens when one gets saved as the word goes forth. He opens up their heart to be able to receive the word. That is why I pray week in and week out and every single morning and I, God touched the hearts of the people, open up their heart so that as the word is going forth, as the seed is going forth, Lord, that it would germinate and it would take root in their heart and that it would bring forth fruit. Amen. You see, there was a hunger for righteousness and something more and, and she was pricked in her heart. 
And she realized that she needed Jesus. And she received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And instantly the hunger and the thirst for righteousness was filled. And let me tell you today, there is nothing that will satisfy your soul except Jesus Christ. You can try everything in this world. I don't matter how good it is or matter how vile it is. Nothing will satisfy. Nothing will fill. Nothing will slate the thirst except Jesus. Amen. See, where there's a hungry heart and a thirsty soul, the Lord will make a way for the gospel to get to them. The gospel not only touched their heart, but the Bible says it touched their whole entire family. You see, with obedience to the Lord, as Paul's obedience to the Lord, always comes blessings. And because of Paul's obedience to the Lord, fruit was coming forth by him adhering to the Macedonian call. He listened to him. He began to preach and right out the gate. Somebody was getting saved. And then it had a trickle-down effect. Her family was getting saved. See, there's always great blessings that are attached to being obedient unto the Lord. Amen? You see, all because he preached Christ crucified. But any time that you are in the will of the Lord, any time that you are obedient unto what the Lord has told you to do, you can rest assured that you are going to face opposition. Obedience always will bring opposition. And in fact, a clear will, and in fact, that you're not in the Lord's will is when you don't face opposition. But when you're smack dab in the middle of where the Lord would have you to be, you are going to face extreme opposition. I've said it before as a joke that all the time that we were starting to plant this church and, and get it remodeled from the time of October on up until uh, March like that, everything was going so good. The people were coming together. We was working. We was knocking it out. We was doing all of this stuff. And in the back of my mind, I said, Lord, something's not right. I'm expecting opposition, and I ain't seen it yet. Where's the opposition at, Lord? I was, I mean, I want it, but I'm like, Lord, this has got to be your will. So then I began to think, uh, Lord, is this even your will? And then, Lord, COVID-19 hit two weeks before we were supposed to open the doors. And the Lord's like, there's your opposition. <laughs> We were open two weeks and then had to shut the doors back down to the public. But praise be to God, we remain faithful. And here we are alive and well today with the doors open back up. Amen. So we find Paul along with Silas and Luke and quite possibly some others going each and every day to prayer. And a girl, the Bible said, who was possessed with the spirit of divination, and basically she was a fortune teller, was following behind them and beginning to cry out that these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us a way of salvation. Now, a lot of people would think, because of what she was saying, that she was a fan of them and that she was backing them up. But Paul, being so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, knew that this girl wasn't right. Because let me tell you, there's not a way to salvation. There is only the way to salvation, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? So he was so sensitive, and he knew that it was rather a demon spirit that had taken over control over her and had empowered her with the powers of darkness. And the Bible says that this went on many days. Now, I want you to get this because this wasn't just a one-time event. But the Bible says it went on many days. Every day they would go to prayer and she would follow them and cry this out. Every day they would go to prayer and every day she would follow them and cry this out. 
Every day they would go to prayer and every day she would follow them. Do you see where I'm going with this? Paul wasn't seeking the Lord when he felt like it. Paul wasn't praying when he thought it was good. But each and every single day, Paul, being a man of God and a man of prayer, was seeking the Lord. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. You see, we're not to allow any circumstances or anything at all to interrupt us from the duty and responsibility as the church to be in a constant state of prayer. But unfortunately, many times we neglect this great responsibility that we have been given because of opposition. But no matter the opposition that comes against you, no matter the powers of darkness that may come against you, in fact, all of this should fuel you to pray even more. I've said it before, with all that has happened in the year of 2020, you either got closer to the Lord or you walked completely away. Because of all that we have faced this year, of all that has went on in our lives, and not only this in the country, but in our personal lives, you didn't get to remain the same. You either clung to the Lord and you sought the Lord, or else you just threw up your hands and you gave up. But when the opposition comes our way, when the trials come, way when the enemy is pressing sore against you that should fuel you to pray even more amen so after the days of this girl doing this and under the leading and the guidance of the holy spirit paul took authority over this evil spirit and he commanded it to come out of her in the name of jesus christ at the mention of his names that hell trembles. It's only at the mention of his name that demons will flee. And the power that was used in Paul resides within each and every single born again believer. He has given you the same power and the same authority by the shed blood of Jesus Christ to take authority just as Paul did then. He said he would give us power. To cast out demons. We will lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Not because of what we can do. Not because of any specialties about us. But because of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see when her masters seen their paycheck coming to a screeching halt. They get mad. They got upset because no longer were their pockets able to be filled by what this girl was doing because she had been set free. And then the opposition comes in and Paul and Silas was brought before the rulers and the ones that was using this girl then says, these men here are troubling our city. And I remember Brother Torrance Nash preached that message down there. And I that these men trouble our city and I will echo exactly what he said when you go up on your job all of hell should say here comes trouble <laughs> when you go to your school the devil should say trouble is coming when you go into the store, the devil should say trouble is coming. Amen. When we came to Yakinville, the devil said, my God, trouble is coming. You want to know why? Because we preach Christ and him crucified. And when the anointed word goes forth, somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to be set free. Somebody's going to be healed. Amen. So they took Paul and they took Silas. And the Bible says that they laid many stripes on them. And you've got to understand that with every stripe that came across their back, every time that they were beat, the crowds would cheer the lictors on. 
The Mosaic law even said that no more than 40 lashes were supposed to go across an individual. But these were people of Romans and they didn't care. And it's no doubt in my mind that they didn't hit them 40 plus times. I sat there and I read this and read this and I thought, what could it be like? I can't even imagine what the pain must have felt like in their body as the whips came down upon them, as the lashes came down upon them and began to split their backs wide open. There, their ribs, no doubt, were broken. They were bruised up, whelps across their body, all because they were obedient to the Lord and they went where the Lord sent them. See, when you're obedient to the Lord, the opposition's going to come. And it catches us by surprise sometimes. And we wonder, Lord, we don't understand. Lord, I'm doing what you've called me to do. Lord, I'm at where you told me to go. Lord, I said what you told me to say. Lord, I've been obedient. So why in the world is all of this happening? And there we've got many in the church that loves to sit back and say, well, you must not be living right because if you were living right, you wouldn't suffer no opposition. Can I tell you today that that is a lie straight from the pit of hell? Because you are in the will of God, that's exactly why you are facing the opposition that you are facing. Because the devil don't like it. Because again, you are messing up his kingdom. You're doing the work for the Lord. And he's not going to sit back and let you do this without trying to come against you. But you need to know today that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He has formed many weapons against us. I know he's formed any weapons against you but yet here you are today still standing because his word said that not one weapon shall prosper amen their bodies were bruised mutilated almost and then if that wasn't enough they look at the jailer and they tell him do whatever it is that you want to literally meaning if you've got to hurt them even more if you've got to inflict pain even do whatever you feel that is necessary that you need to do. And the Bible says that the jailer thrusts them into the innermost prison. Amen. Again, when you follow the Lord, you got opposition. Just like when they were following the Lord, he led them right into a storm. See, it was the Lord who was in control, and he led them here into this prison cell. The enemy didn't place them there. The Lord led them right into there. We don't like to think it sometimes, but it's the truth. The Lord will lead you right into a storm. The Lord will lead you right through opposition. But as he says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen you got to understand today, some of you feel like you are in the innermost prison today, but you need to know that he is right there with you. You may be in the middle of a storm, but he is right there with you. Amen? The prisons, though, of that day were not like the prisons of our time. The prisons of our time and here in this country would make that, would make it look like they're the Ritz Carlton's and the Holiday Inn's right now. The prisons then were horrible. The, 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 the very sm the smell of the, of the excretions of men alone was almost unbearable. The snakes and the rats that would run all over the place. It was dark, it was dank, it was dirty and discouraging to be in. And if it wasn't bad enough, this jailer then places their feet. They had just been beat almost half to death. And then because of his evilness of his heart, he then takes 
their feet and spreads them out as far as possible, put it in his stocks. And literally, if you have never studied this, what would happen is that the muscles would begin to constrict as they were pulled apart. Laying on their backs, their backs tore wide open and on this dungeon. Bad enough, and now their legs were pulled completely apart. And every nerve in their body, I'm sure, was screaming out for relief from the pain that it was enduring. Amen? A place of total despair. A place of total darkness. And no doubt the enemy wanted them to think that they had been abandoned. No doubt the enemy wanted them to think that they had been left for dead. You see, we as Christians, we try and we follow the will of the Lord. And the majority of the time, it leads us to places that we don't desire to go because of the opposition and the persecution that we know that awaits us. For many of us, it seems as times, and many are there now that you feel like you have been thrown into a dark dungeon and you feel like you've been left to die have you ever been there where you feel like you've been thrown in the innermost being of that violently thrown in there and left to die you see you are following jesus and you're in a place and hurt and the devil begins to speak to you and says where is your god now he speaks to you and says it's all over you might as well give up but see, it's in the position where the enemy brings you to that the Lord allows so that he is the only one that can turn it around. See, a lot of times the Lord will allow the enemy to place you in that position so that only he can receive the glory of bringing you out what the enemy has meant for evil for you. Amen? You see, the dark places that we are brought to is where he can shine in us the most. The dark places where we are at is where he can shine in us and through us the most. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he it is who does go with you. He will not fail you, nor forsake you. Isaiah 41.10 says, I fear you not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. You need to know today that no matter what is going on, he is still in control. I know that many in the church on in the world today and we think that a man is in control we think that political parties are in control but can I tell you he still reigns he is still in control he knew exactly what was going to happen before it happens amen and you and I don't have no reason to fear today because he is still in control amen he says I will strengthen you yes I will help you yes I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness when you are the weakest is when his strength comes to shine forth. Amen. When you are weak, then he is made strong. You see, you need to know today that, that he is with you. And Satan takes full advantage of planting seeds of doubt in our mind and causes us to think that everything is hopeless no matter how hard you try. And because the role of the enemy is to do nothing more but to bring doubt, dismay, and discouragement while Jesus will always give you strength and will always say, I'm here to help you. Amen? He's right there to help you. We just need to relinquish control over to him and start lifting our eyes up to where our help comes from. Amen? So no matter what comes against, no matter the circumstance you find yourself in, you need to know that he is there. And though it seems that you may be all alone, you need to know that he is there. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame be kindled upon you. Amen. You're going to go through the waters. You're going to walk through the fires. But the promise has been given unto us. See, we focus so many times upon the fire. We focus so many times on the waters. We focus so much upon the circumstances that are at hand. But all in the while, there is there that encouragement that is within this scripture and so many others that he is with us, amen? And that if he brought us to it, he's going to bring us through it, amen? The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous but that he shall deliver you out of them all. Because if he be for you, then who can be against you? Amen? You, the Bible says, though, at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. Now, the way many people read this and the way that I always thought about it was that at specifically midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. But that's not what the Greek indicates. You see, in the Greek, it indicates that they had been praying and that they had been praising at the moment that they were thrown into the prison. Amen? You see, the problem with most Christians is that we want to pray when we go into crisis mode. We want to pray when it gets tough. We want to pray when it gets bad, when all of the storms that are coming against us. But he has called us to be men and women of prayer at all times. Amen? You see, we quit praying a lot of times just because our tomorrow looks like our yesterday. A lot of times we look ahead and we think that tomorrow is going, to is going to be just like it is right now. And so we throw our hands up, we quit praying, we quit seeking the Lord, we say it's of no use, we say it's not going to change anything because we're focused on what it is right now, thinking that it shall be that. And all in the while we've just thrown the Lord out at allowing Him to change our situation. You see, we don't need to quit praying because it's not, not going to change what He will change it. Amen. You see, Paul and Silas were in a habitual process of praying and communing with the Lord each and every single day. And this particular day that they were going to pray, as the Bible tells us earlier in the chapter, opposition got in their way. And so they wasn't able to go and pray like they normally was. And so Paul looks over at Silas and he says, I know we didn't get to make it to where we normally was going, but hey, we can have a prayer meeting right here. He didn't let the opposition, he didn't let what happened that day stop them from seeking the Lord. Amen. They were determined that they were going to keep praying. And right in the middle of their praying, right in here in the middle of their prison, they began to lift their voices up to the Lord from the time that they were thrown in. See, the problem is where this is where they messed up. They brought two of these people together. The Bible says where any two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of thee also. It might have been dark, but there was Paul and there was Silas in the middle of darkness. And Silas probably looked over at Paul and says, Paul, what are we going to do now? Here we are stretched all the way open. Here we are in total darkness. And Paul looks over him and says, let's get to praying anyhow. Because I'm not going to let the enemy stop me from what he has called me to do. Because I believe that if he led us here, he is going to lead us out. See, Paul prayed with believing. He believed in what he prayed. He believed that God was going to do whatever it took to get him out of there. Amen. You see, during their praying, they were singing praises unto God. They didn't get upset with God because he had led them to this prison, but they prayed and praised him despite of what was going on. What gets me, and this convicted me when I read it, 
Because I thought, here you are, been literally within inches of your life. You're laid on your back with chains shackled to you. Your legs pulled rats running over you, snakes all in there, and I'm scared to death of rats and snakes alone, let alone the pain. And yet we get so tore up because something doesn't go our way. I dare to say if you would read this and allow the Lord to touch you, it would convict you just like it convinced me. We get so mad if somebody pulls out in front of us or if somebody don't hurry up and make that yellow light because we got to get somewhere we go. And all of a sudden our praise is in. See, we're real good to praise and worship the Lord when we're on top of the mountain, when we're on top of cloud nine. But as soon as we face a little bit of opposition, all of a sudden we go from praising and we go to complaining. Lord is letting us know here here they are and they were praising the Lord they were worshiping the Lord they were singing how great thou art they were singing I just feel like something good is about to happen they were lifting up their voices unto the Lord see they had their hands shackled they had their feet shackled but you know they didn't have shackled and that was their tongue you may feel like you've been incarcerated by the enemy but it's you loose your tongue and you start letting the praises roll unto the Lord. Because when the praises go up, his glory always comes down. See, he's waiting on you to praise him. He knew where you was going to be before you even got there. He knows exactly where you are right now. And he's waiting on you to come to the end of yourself. And he's waiting on you to start looking to him and start putting your faith in him and where it belongs. And when you place your faith in Christ and what he has done, my God, how can the praises not roll? Lord, I know I'm in the middle of all of this, but I choose to praise you anyhow. Because the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord not when you feel like it but at all the time amen you see the walls of that prison began to echo with hymns and songs of praises unto God and as they were singing and the praises were going up the response then was the manifestation of the power of God. Amen. Remember also in Isaiah 61.3, he said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So many Christians are walking around with that spirit of heaviness. So many Christians are walking around now more than ever before, ruled with depression and oppression and fear. Walking around with that spirit of heaviness that is binding us. But the Bible tells us what the antibiotic is for that. He said on the garment of praise because when you start praising the Lord the enemy can't stay around you need to start reminding the enemy of what took place 2,000 years ago you need to start declaring unto him that he was defeated and also you need to remind him of his future amen, amen. the Bible says that as they prayed and sang out loud the other prisoners were listening so you need to know today that as a Christian you've got people not only watching you they are listening to you. They see you in the midst of your trial. They see you in your prison experience. They know that you claim the goodness of the Lord. You claim to be a Christian. And they are wondering in their mind, what is he or what is she going to do now? 
And they were expecting to hear them holler. They were expecting to hear them scream. They were expecting to hear them beg for release. But instead, to their admonishment, they started hearing praising. They started hearing praying. And I'm sure that it tickled their ears. It, it made them come alert and thought, what in the world is on. They've just been beat half to death. They've been slung over there. I'm used to hearing four-letter words come out, but yet here they are shouting praises unto God. Here they are praying unto the Lord. Do they not know where they're at? Do they not know that they're not coming out of here? Don't they know they're going to die? But Paul and Silas didn't care about what was going on around them because they said, yeah, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. See, we wonder, many wonder how we can praise the Lord in the midst of a trial. How is it that the true church in today can still press on despite all of the persecution that we are up under and keep rejoicing and praising? And I will tell you why. It's because we have something that they don't. And that something is Jesus Christ who is pushing us to keep going even when we feel like giving up. You see, people are watching and listening to us just like they were there. And my question is to you, what are they seeing? What are they hearing when they're looking at you, amen? And all of a sudden, these praises were going up and goosebumps began to pop out upon these other prisoners. All of a sudden, the hair on the back of their neck began to pop up on the back on their neck. And all of a sudden, their hearts began to be pulled at the Spirit of God began to move through that place. You see, there was a supernatural power working inside of Paul and Silas at this moment. Amen. Romans 8, 28 says that we know all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who were the called according to his purpose. Genesis 50, 20 says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass and as it is this day to save much people alive. See what the enemy meant for you was to destroy you. What the enemy brought your way was meant to kill you. But what the enemy did not know is that God was going to take that and he was going to turn it all the way around and he was going to grow you in the Lord and he was going to receive the glory from it. Amen. See, the enemy should have taken you when he had you. He should have killed you when he had the choice. But now you belong to Jesus Christ, amen. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, amen. You see, Paul and Silas have been praying all evening. They had been singing unto the Lord. And all of a sudden, midnight came. And there was a suddenly moment. You see, it's at midnight when it's the darkest. And we think that it is over. But that's when God begins to answer. Right there at midnight. And you know what I've noticed, and if you look at the clock, you'll know this. When it strikes midnight, you go from one day to the next. You go from one day to the next. See, it's at that midnight hour that what you've been enduring, God is getting ready to move to take you on over into the next day. Amen. As the scripture says, weeping may endure for the night, but guess what's coming in the morning? Joy is coming in the morning. Amen. See, some of us have had some sudden trials but God is about to suddenly show up for you just like he did Paul and Silas. you got to keep praying through the midnight experience because there's a witness that God will move and answer at the darkest night of your life. Amen. The Bible says that the, that the foundations begin to shake. The prison doors were opened up. 
The shackles that were upon them all came up. Paul and them didn't do anything but praise and pray unto the Lord. And the Lord began to manifest his power because they were determined and they were dedicated not to give up. That they knew that even in the middle of all of this chaos that God was still in control. Amen. See, the enemy has tried to bring upon some of us lately trials and storms to try to bind us that we've never even encountered before he has tried to imprison you with fear over your children he has tried to imprison you with fear over your grandchildren he has tried to imprison the church right now more than ever before and thinking that we are going down amen he's tried to chain us up with bondage and sin but i'm here to tell you today that god can and will shake the foundations and i believe with all of my heart he is getting ready to set some people free. You see, the church has been under great attack like never before. I read this passage of scripture, and of course, we look at it and we personalize it to ourselves, and we think about us and all of our troubles. But the Lord was showing me that we, the church, is a picture almost of Paul and Silas. What has happened in the world today, it is almost like we have been thrown into a dungeon by the world. It is like we have been beat up and we have been persecuted and they've thrown us in thinking that they have finally shut us up. They think that they have shackled us down and that we are going to die. But I'm here to tell you today that the Lord is getting ready to bust open the doors. The Lord is getting ready to lease the shackles off of the church and he's getting ready to loose the power of the Holy Ghost upon the church like we've never seen before. Psalms 102.13 said, You shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. The time that he is going to favor the church is right before our very eyes. We have been sitting around and wondered how long is it going to be, Lord? When is it going to take place? And the Lord, I believe, gave me that scripture and let me know that the favor that I'm getting ready to place upon the church is for a set time and it is getting ready to come. It is right here at the doors. Well, what's exactly going to happen? There is a harvest of souls that are coming in like never before. There is healings that are going to take place. There's miracles that are going to take place. There's deliverances that are going to take place as the Spirit of God is going to invade this world and set people free. Amen. But the jailer, the very one who was tore, had tormented them, woke up out of his sleep when it took place. Saw the doors, hinges had been busted off. Saw that the shackles were loosened off of him. And he had his sword out ready to end his life. And Paul comes forth and says, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Now understand, this prison was full of prisoners. The Bible says that every one of them heard them. But yet when the foundation shook, here Paul told them, every one of them is here. These were hardened criminals. And you know that if there is any criminal that is locked up, if given the opportunity, they're going to run and get out of what they're in. But yet, not one of them left. 
You know what that tells me? The power of God was so strong. And they had experienced something that they had never experienced before. And I believe with all of my heart, each and every single one of them has said yes to Jesus Christ. You see what the devil meant for evil? God was going to turn it all the way around and use it for his good. Because there were some people that were dying on their way to hell. But God allowed this to happen. And their people said yes to Jesus Christ. Amen. The prisoners were there. And he called for the light to, to be shown. And he came in trembling. And he seen everyone standing there. The doors were open. And he knew that this God was real that they had been talking about. See, what it also hit me was the roles had reversed. See, Paul and Silas and them were prisoners and the jailer was free. But what the jailer didn't realize was that he was the actual prisoner. He was the actual one that was locked up. Just because Paul and Silas was shackled up, just because Paul and Silas had been beat and their feet were in stock, they wasn't the prisoners. They were free because they were in Jesus Christ. See, it was the jailer that was in prison. It was the jailer that needed to be set free. And Paul looks at this jailer, the one that had done harm to him, and he looks at him with love. What about it, church? Are we going to show him love? The very ones that have persecuted us, the very ones that have talked about us, the very ones that have knocked us down. And there Paul looked at him, and he says, Don't worry about a thing. Each and every one of us are still here and he looks at him and he says sirs what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved see that's what many people are thinking today what do I have to do to be saved but there's nothing that you can do it's all about what's already been done and Paul looks at him and says, you just got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You just got to accept him and allow his finished work to work in your life. Amen. You see, this jailer needed to be set free. See, he thought he was in control of his own life. You may be in here today and you think that you are in control of your sin. You may think that you're in control of the bondage. You are in control of your life, that you've got it all under control, just like this jailer thought he had it all under control in this prison. But yet he wasn't in control, and the Lord manifested his power to open up his eyes, to remove the scales, and there he knew that this Jesus, that Paul and Silas had been singing about, and had been worshiping, and had been praising, he knew that he was real, and he looks at him and says, what can I do, what should I do to have what you've got? And I believe with all of my heart that where the power of God is getting ready to manifest like never before, we're going to have a whole world of jailers that are going to come to us. And they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? I want what you've got. I've seen you be able to stand. I've seen the power of God moving that church. I've seen the power of God moving your life. I want what you've got. Tell me, what must I do? And that's where we've got to be like Paul and look at them and say, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You shall be made whole. Amen. Because that time is coming. Amen. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. See, what he's expecting us to do is to endure just a little while longer what you may be in right now. Because the doors are getting ready to fling open wide. The shackles are coming off. And he's getting ready to loose us and loose the power of his Holy Spirit upon us like never before to do the work that he has called us to do for such a time 
as this. Amen. Come on now. What started out as a bad night turned into a glorious night with the salvation of the jailer and his entire household. You see, God is still again on the throne, and what Satan has meant for evil, God is telling us that he will turn it around. All of what has happened in this world this year and what may be happening in your life as of right now, the enemy has meant it for evil. But if you will just hold on and you will just endure, you may be in the middle of your prison right now, but what you need to do is start praising the Lord. Start seeking his face again. You maybe have accepted that what's happened in your life is going to always be. And he's waiting on you to praise him. He's waiting on you to worship him. He's waiting on you to just look to him and allow him because he's getting ready to shake the foundations. Or maybe you're the jailer here today. Maybe you feel that you're in control of your life. You're in control of what's all going on. But in actuality, you need to be set free. You need to be touched. You need to be free from the inner prison that is going on inside of you. Can I tell you today, he's here to do both. He's here not only to move on his behalf, on the children of his, he's also here today to move upon behalf of those that are shackled and those that are have that inner prison that is going on. Amen. As you stand to your feet today, I pray that you'll let the Holy Spirit, and I believe he has already begun to tug at some of your hearts. You may right now be in the midst of a prison. You are right now in the midst of a trial like never before, and you need the Lord to move on your behalf. He's here today to move for you. You need the Lord to touch you. If you're not saved today, if you're not sure where you would spend eternity, I'm begging you, don't leave here today. Because he's here today to touch each and every one of us, to shake the foundations of our heart. But you have got to let him. Amen. So as they sing, I want you just to be obedient to the Holy Spirit as they sing.